Thanks for tuning in to this episode, BBB Presents Wise Giving 101, featuring Bennett Weiner, Executive Vice President and COO of the BBB Wise Giving Alliance. BBB's Sarah Kimmerer talks with Bennett about all things charity accreditation and what red flags to watch out for to avoid falling victim to charity scams this Giving Tuesday. Hi, Bennett. Thank you so much for joining me today. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So, you know, I love, I wanted to start out by asking, what is your favorite small business? So I'd say Mexicali Blues. It's right, a restaurant right down the street. They have great Mexican food. And they were open during the pandemic because they had a lot of outside tables. So thumbs up to them. Where are they located at? Uh, They're on Wilson Boulevard in Arlington, Virginia. We will have to make a stop down there all the way from Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then fitting, um, something fitting that I wanted to ask you is also, what is your favorite charity? Well, I thought I'd mention a local charity mm-hmm. uh, to start out with that's accredited, that meets our standards. And I'm thinking of the, uh, the Animal Welfare League of Alexandria, their uh, BBB accredited charity. And, you know, also during the pandemic, uh, a lot of the animal shelters were super busy because people were adopting pets and, you know, and that was very popular. And uh, so I want to hats off to all the uh, animal uh, organizations that involve in shelters, especially over the past year and a half. Fantastic. That's kind of the perfect transition. So thanks so much for sharing. You know that, I mean, by the time this recording gets uploaded, it's going to be November. Holy crap. So with holiday shopping is coming up and especially giving. So right around the corner is Giving Tuesday. And I think that's on November 30th, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So early this year. Yes, I wanted to talk with you about charitable giving and just how to do so wisely so that charities can get their money and use it correctly and further and whatnot. So you're the executive vice president and COO of the BBB Wise Giving Alliance. So first, can we start off by asking, what is the Wise Giving Alliance? Sure, we're a standards-based charity evaluator. And uh, this particular office uh, reports on nationally soliciting charities Um, that are raising funds across the country. Uh, We'll request information from them and we'll evaluate those materials in relation to a set of 20 standards that address governance, finances, appeal accuracy, uh, donor privacy and other matters. And then report to the public what our findings are. And uh, we also evaluate a number of local uh, charities too for some BBBs that need help in their charity reporting. I know that uh, the Cincinnati office is one of them, but I think there's Chicago, there's Alabama, um, I know Virginia is a really big one too. So we partner and collaborate in New York, we partner and collaborate with BBBs all across the country. And I know I've mentioned this before on previous episodes, but one of my favorite things about BBB is that we also accredit charities. And for those new listeners, um, charity accreditation, it's a completely separate process than our standard business accreditation. So you, um, something that I I Something that our listeners may not know is that we have a website called give.org, and that is created by the Wise Giving Alliance. So what information can you find on give.org? Well, you get free access to all of the charity reports, whether they're produced by this office, BBB Wise Giving Alliance, or at any of the BBBs across the country. All those reports have a search engine that's accessible here on give.org, where you can call up a report and see if the organization meets the standards, or if not, what standards they didn't meet, 
or in some cases, if they decline to provide information despite repeated requests. So you can find out those facts, it's free, uh, right on our website at give.org. Awesome, so, and I just went on there before we started recording, and there are hundreds of charities on there that you can have access to. So it's right. kind of worth your while to go check it out before giving to a certain and charity. The other clarification I wanted to make is, you know, when you talk about business reporting and BBBs, one of the core components of that on the business side is uh, the volume of complaints and how they were handled by the particular company that were brought to their attention. On the charity side, complaints for the most part do not exist because they're not selling anything that someone's mm -hmm. going to complain about. They're just accepting a donation and then applying it as they promised to whatever activity. Mm -hmm. So the core activity of BBB business reported doesn't work in the charity sector. And you, you, that's why uh, standards were developed to help assess organizations so that people can give to trustworthy charities and make an informed giving decision. And, and that's one of the reasons that they had to do it differently because they operate very differently from businesses in that respect. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to focus on, um, I like that you brought up trustworthy charities. So let's say a charity that you're looking to give to, maybe you've never given before, um, they aren't listed on give.org. And maybe they're not even listed on like Charity Navigator or GuideStar are two common websites mm -hmm. too. So what are signs that people should look for um, when deciding where to give for Giving Tuesday coming up? Well, if you're considering a charity that you can't find a report on, uh, here are some things you could consider mm -hmm. on your own in terms of making an assessment. One is visit the charity's website directly. And the one thing I'd look for is transparency. And what I mean by that is, does that website provide access to such things as a financial statement and an annual report? Those things should be easy to find and should be right up there. And you'd be able to check out, you know, like how much they spent on their programs versus fundraising, what accomplishments they made in the past year. Basic information like that should be readily available, and you shouldn't have to be Sherlock Holmes to find it. It should be right up front. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would say, if you're considering a charity that doesn't have a report, is look at the roster of the board of directors of the organization. One of the reasons I would recommending that is if you see in that roster individuals that you are familiar with or perhaps demonstrate some expertise in the field that the charity is addressing, that can give you a little more confidence that the people who are in charge, which is really the board of directors, you know, have the knowledge in order to guide that organization in the appropriate direction. And looking at a board roster, people don't think about that, but mm -hmm. I think it's very relevant in making an informed giving decision. And then the other thing I would say in this day and age, Everyone's concerned about data privacy. Look at the privacy policy on the website to see if you're comfortable with how they use the data that you might be sharing and that your any information you shared is going to be secure and protected. People, of course, are concerned about that. And finally, the other thing I would check is about 40 of the 50 states, including Ohio, require some registration with a government agency at the state level if you're going to be soliciting in that state. So one thing you may want to check is, has that charity filed their paperwork and paid whatever fees are, are appropriate in order to solicit in the state? And if they are, at least you know they're following the letter of the law. If they're not registered, that may be a signal that something may be amiss or there may be some other issues. They're so mm -hmm. new they haven't filed yet, but I doubt that. They, they really should be uh, registered. And those issues 
can only just be a few clicks away that you can check them out, even if you don't have a third party evaluator helping you, but they might provide yeah. uh, information again to help you make an informed decision. Well, that information, I think it can typically be found on the attorney general's office website. And right. I know, I like that you mentioned Ohio, and I know our service area, we span over Northern Kentucky and Southeast Indiana. I know Kentucky is also one of the 40 something states that requires registration, but I don't think Indiana is. So just the more you know. Knock out your 2022 business goals with BBB's workshop doubleheader. You may not be able to control if or when a complaint is filed, but you can learn how to react and respond to them in our complaint survival workshop happening Wednesday, December 8th. You don't want to miss this one-two punch. Check out the link in our show notes for more information about this workshop and claim your free seat today. Okay. <laughs> Luckily. Yeah. Um, so th that can all be found on um, Secretary of State, Attorney General's office. Um, and the last thing you want to do is give to a charity that is either going to steal your money or use your money in an unethical way. So on a not so positive note, um, it seriously breaks my heart when I see people lose money to charitable giving scams. So what are some common red flags that people need to look out for as they're choosing where to donate and make sure that their money goes to the best charities? Well, I'm going to mention two things. First, I'm going to mention red flags, and then I'm going to talk about certain scam situations yeah. that you can try to avoid. So let me mention red flags. Uh, one thing I would say is <clears throat> never give in to aggressively, uh, uh, you know, uh, aggressive appeals that are demanding an on-the-spot gift decision. Uh, legitimate charities are going to welcome your donation tomorrow, next week. You don't have to give on the spot, and sometimes... The questionable efforts are doing that because they don't want to give you the time to check them out before you make a gift. So watch out for excessive pressure in fundraising. The other thing I would say is when you do get an appeal, whether it's not necessarily over the phone, but maybe in the mail or some other way, watch out for overly emotional appeals. They bring tears to your eyes, but they don't tell you what the organization is really doing to address the problem. And um, over emotionalism, you know, some issues are going to be, you know, heart wrenching sure but there also should be a description of what the charity is doing about it. and if you're not seeing that that may be a, a red flag that something is amiss so watch out for that when that happens um the other thing is i would say especially around the holiday time uh, you're going to see uh activities in which there's a promise buy this product and, and something is going to help a charity and when you see that i would recommend to look for the disclosure that indicates how much of the purchase is going to go to the charitable organization. And if you don't see that disclosure up front, you may want to choose something else because you really don't know how much is going. And, and, and generally, it's going to be just a small amount, but that's okay because those pennies add up to big bucks when a lot of people buy a particular product. But transparency is important in those activities. So I would say watch out for that. And of course, uh, the biggest thing is, you know, uh, most people don't check out organizations at all before they give. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best protective measure you can take to avoid getting taken is to do that. So let me mention a couple of problem situations that if they happened, I would say, uh, you know, look the other way or run away. And one is um, I would say, don't click on the link. And what I mean by that, if you get an email or a social media post with a link in it that says, Hey, give to this charity. If you really like that organization, I certainly recommend you check it out with give.org before you give. But even if you don't, 
I would say go on the charity's website directly on your own. Because during this time, sometimes messages get out with false links that really take you to a phony site that's just trying to get your personal information. So, you know, watch out about that. Uh, the other thing that's, that's new is those QR codes mm -hmm. that you see. So you can get directly to a, a site real quickly by, you know, uh, scanning it. Um, some of those codes, if you don't know where they're coming from, they could download malicious uh, software and, and do other bad things to you. So really be careful when you're scanning those things. That's something else that's happening that people are just trying to you know, take your advantage uh, and do something about. And um, the other thing I would say is, um, you know, something that we've, we've found in reporting in our research and a VVV research that we've done is something I would call the invulnerability, um, you know, uh, illusion. And that is where young people think, hey, I really know what's going on on the web. I'm there all the time. I can spot a charity that's okay on my own. Guess what? You really can't necessarily find that just by looking at them and knowing if they're okay. You really have to go to outside sources and check mm -hmm. them out and, and do a little bit of research. So don't think because you're familiar with the web that you're going to be able to spot a charity that's fine just by looking at it. Um, you have to check it out. And um, I certainly encourage young people to do that as yeah. well as everyone else. Wow, that's such great information. Um, and only to add to that, I mean, that's, you hit, we could probably talk about charities, charity scams, wise giving tips, probably for hours. <laughs> and right. just seeing all the stories that we have and what we've experienced. Um, one of the red flags that I wanted to add is that I see it a lot where people, like on social media, they use those pressure tactics and they grab your heartstrings and then they create these pages on um, the crowdfunding websites. So like GoFundMe is a common one I see. I think Indiegogo is a common one, um, but I GoFundMe is the one I right. wanted to focus on. So, so um, yeah. Let's talk about crowdfunding for a moment. Yeah. And why why shouldn't we use those? Yeah. Well, like everything else, there's personal judgments involved for an individual to do it or not. So we're, I'm not going to say don't do crowdfunding, but mm -hmm. I am going to say be cautious. And a few things I would say. One is crowdfunding platforms all operate differently. Don't assume that if you know how one works, the other one is going to be the same way. And what I mean by that is what fees they take out, um, how do they transfer the money to the individual that's posting or a charity that's posting on it? Uh, sometimes it has to reach a certain level before they transfer or they have to get the full amount. They all operate differently. You really can't assume. And that also includes how much vetting they do by mm -hmm. people who post on those sites. And I think uh, some of the more progressive sites are doing a little bit of checking on verifying the identity of someone who's posting on the site to make sure that they are them in terms of whatever they're posting their needs for. But I think the vulnerability of crowdfunding in general, the caution is number one, uh, ultimately, even if a crowdfunding site is verifying that that is a person that has asked for help because of what they're uh, requesting, they don't know if that person is actually going to spend it on that thing or whatever they're crowdfunding for. So uh, that is a little bit where your faith and trust goes into what they're going to say they're doing. And guess mm -hmm. what? Not everyone is going to be completely honest. Yeah. So um, you do have to take some cautions. How do you avoid that? I think the safest thing is, of course, giving to people you know and others that you have some relationship with. You can trust them. For others, it's really up to you to take the risk. The other thing is not to assume 
that if someone is saying they're raising money for a charity on a crowdfunding site, that they have permission from that charity to do that. Mm-hmm. They may not, and they may still be doing it. As far as whether the site is going to verify that the money is going to that charity or not, depends on the site. Some of them will make sure that it's transferred directly to them. Others, you know, will leave it to the individual to afford the money as promised, yeah. that type of thing. It varies depending on what crowdfunding site you go to. And I would say to be particularly cautious about crowdfunding around disaster time, because that's when a lot of things happen on these sites and a lot of postings. And the unfortunate thing is a lot of them are very well-meaning and are honest, truthful, but there are those that aren't. How do you distinguish them? I don't you know. Can't. And it's very difficult. And so that's why uh, the, the best thing I would say after disaster is to give to established organizations that have experience in handling disasters where you know that they're going to be able to deliver on what's being promised. And just because something is on a crowdfunding site doesn't mean that it's going to get there fast or that it's going to help mm-hmm. you the way that they say they are. Yeah. You really have to watch out. So use your own good judgment. And finally, even if you giving on a crowdfunding site and says it's going to charity and you know the money is going to go there, check out the charity and see if you want to support them. You know, that may not be the one that you want to give money to. There may be another one. And, um, you know, so that varies. And one more thing about crowdfunding sites, sometimes I see after disaster uh, that happens in another nation, you may have organizations in another nation that are promise to be receiving money and it's very difficult to check out charities if they're not in the u.s so that, mm-hmm. that becomes a vetting challenge well i see it all the time online oh i'm raising money on behalf of habitat for humanity or the red cross when those right. big disasters strike and the best thing to do is just give directly to the website please exactly. like, don't don't mm-hmm. don't use the crowdfunding websites in that sense um also i love that you brought up those um like natural disasters um because whether it's like a massive shooting or some type of natural disaster, I think a lot of people want to donate blood and donate food, clothing, whatnot. But the best thing to do is just donate money and then give it to those larger charities right. so that they can, they can determine where that money is best used. That's an excellent point because I do see drives that happen where there may be like a, a local house of worship that says, Hey, I want to, let's send the clothing and other things to the area. But, the reality is they have no connections to distribute the clothing once it gets there even. And um, you know, well-intentioned uh, you know, activities can sometimes result in a little actual delivery because they, they really don't have the arrangements or the connections to be able to follow through. And that's a sad thing. You know, uh, when, when tragedy strikes, people want to do something right now of course just, oh, yeah. i'm going to do it immediately rightfully and so that's when the emotion and that is when the con artist strikes because they know i got you because you're going to give right now and not do much checking mm-hmm. and that's when you have to be the most careful yeah it's unfortunate but scammers love to take advantage and they don't really care about your feelings <laughs> it sucks <laughs> so to sum it all up give to a tra- accredited charities Um, make sure that we're smart about where we're giving and we do it. So we do it smartly, but that's not a word. Yeah. We we're smart about it. Maybe I could say that instead of smartly. We're wise about it. We're (laughs) wise giver. (laughs) Exactly. Um, and lastly, where can people find more information about charity accreditation? Well, they should go to give.org, the website of the BBB wise giving Alliance. We can provide tips on everything from donating your car to how, uh, to tax deductions 
and to looking up the reports on charities that you care about to see if they meet standards, among other things. Awesome. Bennett, thank you so much. You gave me so much great information. I hope the listeners learned something today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me. Happy to be here. Thank you. I'm Sarah Kemmerer with your local Better Business Bureau, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of BBB Presents. Until next time, connect with BBB Cincinnati on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to check out local businesses and do your part by leaving reviews at BBB.org.